Hey everyone, I'm Noah Barnett, the VP of Marketing here at Feather. And like every Friday, I'm joined in the studio by New Tay. Hey, New. Hey, Noah. How are New you? New is the curator of the Good Marketing Brief, which is a newsletter that Feather drops in your inbox every single Wednesday. If you're new to the pod or you haven't heard of the Good Marketing Brief before, you can definitely check that out using the link in the show notes or down below. But each week we create a compliment here on the pod about what was in this week's brief. So new, what was in yes. the brief this week? Yeah, this was a fun one. We dropped a lot of resources talking about data, which is probably at this point a very overplayed term in nonprofits, for-profits alike. But I think there's a lot of changes happening in the data landscape right now that nonprofits should be aware of, and they're probably thinking about it already. Um, but we're talking about some practical tips uh, on data that you can implement into your strategies for 2024, keeping in mind some big changes happening with privacy, deprecation of third-party cookies, and all that jazz. Yeah. And before we get into like some of the, the things that you shared in the thing, I'm curious, should nonprofits be data-driven or data-informed in how they make their decision-making? I feel like this is a common debate, and I want to see what yeah. side of this debate you're on, New. I think I err on the side of being data-informed. I think that you need, you can be data-driven all you want, but you need good data, high-quality data, clean data to make good decisions about your, your strategy. How about you? I'm definitely on the data informed side. We actually have a key operating principle here at Feather where we say, hey, we need to be data informed, but not driven. Because mm -hmm. there are things that are going to be better for the community, for your brand, things that have longer term impacts than the short term impacts of the data mm -hmm. shows up. And so a lot of times there does need to be that context applied to data based mm -hmm. on what you're actually trying to accomplish, what your values are. Like data doesn't mm -hmm. really necessarily have like, or it has integrity, but it doesn't have like values and kind of that perspective. Mm -hmm. And so adding that in, but always being data driven and always backing decisions up with data sets, uh, or at least asking questions based on what the data does say. Yeah. I think that leads into the question that you kind of surface, which is how can how should nonprofits be using data to optimize their fundraising campaigns? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I dropped a couple resources in this week's brief on this very topic, one of which was um, from RKD. We featured a couple of things from them at this point, but they Great partners. About... Thanks, RKD. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but this particular blog talks about, you know, when is it time to do a like a donor file refresh? I think the donor, the donor file is very important, obviously. Um, but a healthy one comes from diversifying your fundraising strategies, your fundraising channels. And so this blog uncovers like six signs that um, your database might hit ahead down the road. And so they list six different things. Um, what I love about this piece is they talk about numerous things like, you know, if you don't have enough sustainers or you have high attrition or you're you're not having enough digital revenue, they back it up with um, additional resources so you can read on about how to solve this challenge um, and give and they give you a solution. So that was that was really cool, I think. 
Yeah, what I love about this approach that RKD took in this article is it's almost like those health checks where you're mm -hmm. like, you, you need to go in and do like your annual physical or maybe with a car, you just do like a, hey, can you do like a maintenance check to make sure everything's good? Is this yeah. filled up? Is like checkup. this working right? <laughs> yeah, it's very much of an annual checkup. And I, they provide a framework to be able to do that. Yep. One of the ones that or one of the signals of health that I always thought was impactful is doing an analysis to see what percent of your revenue comes from 5% of your donors, 10% of your donors, mm -hmm. and 20% of your donors, mm -hmm. and calibrating that to say if 5% of your donors is 60% of your revenue, that's a huge challenge, right? And, and yeah. if 10% is 80%, you know you're a little top heavy, and that puts you at an exposure risk, where like if a major mm -hmm. donor decides to give somewhere else, or if you have big sponsorship contracts, and a corporate partner decides that your cause isn't their priority next year, or they have to have cutbacks, mm -hmm. you have you're you're overexposed to the major donor side. So I always thought those ratios were really helpful. Okay. So looking at your top 5% of donors and saying how much of your revenue are they responsible for, and then 10% and then 20%. Mm -hmm. And really looking at those ratios year over year to make sure that you're calibrating appropriately. Yeah, for sure. I couldn't agree more. Um, speaking of data, I know you had a conversation, it was the last week, with Camille. About... Yeah, Camille Curry, uh, the yeah. VP of Marcom at NAF. Yeah, that was a great conversation. What were, I mean, she talks a lot about audience segmentation and story using storytelling to attract different types of donor groups. What were some key findings or from that conversation that you really loved? Yeah, Camille is just wonderful. I highly recommend everyone go grab the link and listen to the full conversation. I think how they view their audience is really helpful and how that then informs their messaging and their strategy is really uh, is a helpful framework that I think all nonprofits can learn from. And we don't have time to unpack that fully. But yeah. The thing that stood out to me around their strategy is how deep into their audience they segment. And they have these core segments of their audience. They know exactly what those audiences need or want. They know what messages are going to resonate. They know what outcomes they're trying to activate those individuals to. And they ensure that they retain the integrity of those segments through all their campaigns, which, you know, in their case, I believe it was eight. Mm -hmm. In your case, if you're listening to this, it might be three or four. Maybe you have 24. And yeah. that induces more work. But I think what it allows you to focus on is relevancy. And we talk a lot mm -hmm. about relevancy in the good marketing framework. And by segmenting your audience and using data to better understand your various audiences, you can ensure that your messaging relevancy and your activations are higher. And I think yeah. going into a year that we're walking into and walking out of a year that was relatively complex and kind of, you know, there were different signals of growth and there were different signals of uh, decline and, Next year is, I don't think, going to be much different than that. It's really mm -hmm. going to require nonprofits to get clear on what they're focusing on. And yeah. again, deep data segmentation of your audience only enables you to do better, more mm -hmm. higher relevance uh, in uh, campaigning. And that yeah. ultimately is going to get you more yield, even if, it, if your audience is smaller next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. Yeah. So the next question we wanted to dive into that you addressed in the brief was 
new updates to data that nonprofits need to be aware of. And you kind of signaled this at the beginning, which to me, I like cringe a little bit because I'm like, oh, no, the rules are always changing in this digital world we live in. What are the trends in data and privacy that you're seeing that we need to be aware of as we head into 2024? Yeah, um, I think that there's, you know, big trends that we've all been keeping an eye on. And they're all kind of coming to a head in in 2024. We're talking about data privacy and then the deprecation of third-party cookies, which basically goes hand-in-hand with privacy. Um, So, you know, this Q&A really dives into what nonprofits can expect um, going into 2024. And so data collection is going to be a huge thing. And I think that we've all been kind of stressed about it for a while, (laughs) kind of like, oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen when third-party cookies go away? How do we abide by these new compliances? Um, And the truth is, like, the earlier you start, whether it's you have somebody internally who can help guide you along the way, or you look into an agency um, to help you kind of fine-tune your internal processes so that you're adhering to the new regulations. The organizations who are thinking ahead and have been taking proactive steps to clean up their data collection practices are going to be ahead of the game in 2024 um, compared to the ones who haven't been. And in terms of AI, I think we're going to continue. I feel like I can't stop hearing about AI. I feel like once I've had enough, I'm like, oh, there's another like article on AI um, down the road. But I think what we're going to see is more tools kind of harping on AI capabilities. And so using AI in a way that um, leverages like machine learning to help you optimize your experience, optimize your data collection practices is going to be something to look forward to in 2024. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the key here with all of this new tools, technology, especially AI, Mm -hmm. or even the data privacy stuff is some of it can be doom and gloom. Some of it could be even like, you know, we're on the horizon or on the cusp of some like mega change or trend. You always need to make sure that you're looking at those trends or changes through the context of your organization. I was just on a panel discussion with Sarah Olivieri, um, and she was talking about how often the things that are making headlines have no impact on you. But if you spend too much time in the headlines instead of deep in your organization and in your context and in your community, mm-hmm. we can begin to believe that the headlines do have impacts on us when yeah. in reality it might not. And, you know, we might just need to continue to focus on donor retention and get that right. We don't need to be worried about AI and data privacy. They're important to be aware of, <laughs> but they don't necessarily need to be the, you know, um, headlines of your strategic plan for 2024 and so keeping all of that in context is always really important yeah you also dropped an article that was a reflection on a report and now Mm -hmm. this report is really complex and i was going to say like i'm still working my way through it but our good friend tobes did a breakdown of this report what was the report about (laughs) and what were the key takeaways that you think are most relevant for nonprofits? Yeah, for sure. I um, when I opened this report up, 
because as I was, you know, doing my research, I'm like, what are some hot topics for this week? I opened up ANA's big state of programming advertising, which is basically a fancy way of saying media buying using automated technology. Um, I opened it. It was 125 pages. I was like, ooh, this is long. But then on Sunday night, Topes' newsletter came out and it is the star of the show. And I'm like, oh, he's a savior. So he did a really good breakdown of the report, kind of pulling out um, snippets that are relevant for nonprofits. I mean, the biggest headline here is 36% of media spend on advertising is actually meaningfully seen by someone. Someone is very broadly used here. It might not be someone in your target audience. So that's that's a pretty low threshold. Um, and so there's billions of dollars that advertisers are wasting every year on um, kind of investing in advertising that might not make as much as an impact for their company for their organization absolutely so go ahead i think i think the key here was that the delta is being consumed by i think what was shared as almost like an illusion that Mm -hmm. the tax that's taken by all of the agencies or the analysts or the list brokers Mm -hmm. or all of these different parties involved in buying digital advertising. Like when you go to CNN's website or you go to weather.com and you see an ad there, what it took to get an ad there is what's consuming the Delta. So in the same way, nonprofits are always held accountable for like how much overhead they have. In some ways, this is saying, hey, the overhead in digital advertising especially through traditional media buying where you're not owning it, it's being through a broker, through a broker, through a broker can Mm -hmm. be really detrimental because you're only seeing a small portion of your budget actually going to pay for an ad on CNN or on weather channel to actually reach, as you said, somebody, maybe not even the person you want to reach. Yeah. So there were a lot of things in this that I think are important to nonprofits because nonprofits are continued um, have a continued forecast to invest more in digital advertising going into next year, which I think is con- a continued trend we see in all industries, but nonprofits mm-hmm. specifically, because we're we're needing to rely on digital and social advertising to be able to connect with our audiences where they are. Absolutely. And this is a key thing Feather helps our customers do mm-hmm. uh, and really owning that process and really being able to have more visibility in what's actually happening. And so bringing awareness to this was what Tobe's intention was and saying, well, what can you actually do about this? And the thing that stood out most to me was his differentiation between what you need to in-house and what you need that what you can outsource. Mm -hmm. And nonprofits for a long time have kind of outsourced media buying or advertising buying to a third party, as well as the strategy. And his guidance or at least how i interpret it i highly recommend you all listen or who are listening to this go read tobe's reflection on this is that it's not that using agencies or using third parties to support your strategy is incorrect but that making sure that you in-house strategy and you in-house data and like for owning that first party data was critical Mm -hmm. to what tobe's recommendations were Um, or at least how I was interpreting it. And that's something we believe very heavily here at Feather, which is why, you know, we've built a marketing platform for nonprofits to use so that they can really see and own their data and see how well their marketing is actually connecting with their audiences. 
But again, this is something that I think as you plan for 2024, thinking through that framework that Tobes provides of like, what can I outsource? What should I outsource or what should I insource was just a good challenge that I think nonprofits leaders should sit with as they plan for next year. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, I mean, among his recommendations, you know, it's taking some accountability in um, the way that you're investing in buying media. And so to your point, it's making sure that whatever decisions you make, whether you're going to do it in-house, outsource it, um, your primary goal is to reach the right audiences versus just reaching anybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and he, and ANA, he highlights um, a recommendation ANA called True CPMs, which just means that you're just doing more vetting and buying quality inventory that kind of reaches the right people. And I yeah. apologize if you hear some screaming in the background. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Your child's clearly upset about this report and, you know, really reinforcing that nonprofits need to take more accountability. And <laughs> uh, I, I just want to double click on that. I think it is really important because often, again, we, we say, oh, the economy is crummy. That's why we're not raising money. Oh, the political season is crazy. That's not why we're raising money. Uh, our agency, you know, is wasteful in their spending or whatever it is. And I do think that there is this like call to action for leaders to say, you have to take responsibility for the strategies you're deploying to connect your community to your cause. And that has to be the ownership and the plan that you're building and not this, well, this, that, and the other was the effect. And this is reiterated in my planning session that I did uh, on Feather Live recently, mm -hmm. where it was like, you can acknowledge things that are outside your control, but you should plan around the things you can control and mm -hmm. really focus on those Absolutely. things. And again, I think this is another call to action to say, hey, what you should take responsibility for is how you deploy resources, how you connect with your community, and you can rely on these other partners or other sources, but ultimately you should be responsible for how that is being deployed and not yeah. relying on another uh, group to decide that for you. Mm -hmm. That kind of wraps up everything in the brief. This this brief felt a little more dense, but I think that was intentional because data yeah. is dense. And I think it's an important topic for us to cover as we reflect on 2023 and we head into 2024. There's still a few more weeks left uh, in year end. Um, and I know whether you're a member organization or you're a mission organization raising money or wrapping up year end things are still top of mind. But we're in this transition phase as leaders of saying, okay, well, now where, where should we be at next year and how should we be planning mm -hmm. well? We'll include a few links to some resources that we put together here at Feather to help you plan well. And I think what we're going to be focused on really the rest of the year is around how we can help you plan well for 2024. And we might have a few surprises for you, as always, in the Good Marketing Brief. <laughs> so if you don't currently get it, definitely like and subscribe to it below using the link. And we'll be back here next Friday. I think mm -hmm. it's our second to last Friday of the year where we're going to be together. Uh, actually, no, it is the last Friday of the year. La next Friday is the last compliment to the Good Marketing Brief. So look forward to seeing you next year, new or next week, yeah. new. And we'll no. be uh, right here. Should we wear with our you as you sweaters? step into twenty twenty four? Should we wear Christmas our sweaters? sweaters? 
I think I could potentially get behind Christmas sweaters, but you'll have to tune in next week uh, to find, find out. out. <laughs> New, as always, it's a pleasure to go over the good marketing brief with you. And again, hopefully you have a great weekend, people, uh, as we head into the holiday seasons. Thanks, Al. Thanks, New. Thanks.